Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hot Hangout Podcast. Glad to have you here with us joining us for episode 70, the big seven zero of the Hot Hangout Podcast. And we are here to talk about all things Bad Batch season three, episodes one, two, and three, which all came out on the same night. Pretty incredible to have over an hour of new Star Wars content in the form of Bad Batch to talk about today. So we are super pumped to to discuss it here on this episode. Before we get into that, I want to give you a quick reminder that if you're not yet subscribed to the Hot Hangout YouTube channel, definitely check us out over there for the video version of every podcast, as well as reactions to newest Star Wars episodes and shows. Thank you to the 382 of you who are subscribed over there on YouTube. Additionally, you can contact us with Star Wars questions via email hangout at gmail.com is where we are reachable feel free to reach out to us with any thoughts or questions uh, star wars related or otherwise we'd love to showcase them here on the podcast additionally the hot hangout podcast is listenable wherever you get your pods including spotify and apple and if you're listening on a platform where you can leave a five-star review uh we would love it and we would appreciate it if you left a five-star review on the podcast as it does also allow the pod to be more easily discovered by other people as well Additionally, the Hot Hangout channel is reachable on all the socials, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or X. We are findable at Hot Hangout on each of those. Uh, and additionally, we have a small announcement that we're hoping to have a Discord server for the Hot Hangout community uh, up and running sometime in the next week or two. So I imagine we'll probably have uh, more of somewhat of a update or official announcement on that in episode 71 of the podcast. Uh, but be on the lookout for the link to the official Hoth Hangout Discord sometime uh, in the next 7 to 14 days, probably. So be on the lookout for that. Our big question of the day today, moving into our discussion of the premiere of Bad Batch Season 3, is simply, did you enjoy Season 3 of uh, the Season 3 premiere of the Bad Batch? Did you enjoy the Bad Batch, Bad Batch premiere? And I will pose that to you as well, Joey. First of all, how are you doing? Uh, what are your thoughts about Bad Batch now that the third season is officially here? Um, I, first of all, I was a little shocked at the times. Um, yes. They were a little bit longer than I, I thought. I thought they were all going to just be chilling at 22 minutes each episode. I think we got one over 30 and a couple just under 30 minutes. So I uh, was pleasantly surprised by that information. Um, and But it just got gave us a little bit more Bad Batch, a little bit of a Omega, as uh, they like Omega. to call it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely a, a fun three episodes. Can't wait to talk about them uh, with you tonight. And yeah, it was. Um, I I I was so happy we got Star Wars again. <laughs> so I've been watching uh, both season one and season two. We're, we're almost done with season two. Uh, my girlfriend and I, and and she wanted me to pass along uh, that I know Gibbo's not with us tonight. But next time he's on the podcast, she wants Gibbo to do his best Australian interpretation of either Omega or someone on Bad yes. Batch who uh, has an Australian accent. There's a, a surprising it. amount of Australian accents in this show. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially <laughs> o Omega. Mm -hmm. And I think Emery does too, doesn't she? Yes. Mm -hmm. Considering yeah, she's I guess the one, she's the one that keeps saying Omega. Omega. <laughs> yeah, she was she was showcased a lot in these episodes and. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm excited to to talk about them. There's a ton to break down here. A lot of kind of reference to uh, even some legend stuff as well, which we'll touch on maybe a little bit. But uh, before we get into our discussion of the Bad Batch season three premiere, 
did want to talk about a couple quick notes in the Star Wars news world. Um, Angela Bassett reportedly met with Lucasfilm about a possible Star Wars role in an upcoming uh, production. And I was unclear if this was a film or a movie. I think my assumption was that it was a film mm-hmm. it was talking about. Um, but for those who don't know, Angela Bassett is a very well-known actress, Emmy-nominated, I think, three times in her career. Um, I know her most, maybe this is like very, I feel like this is a very Zoomer comment of me. <laughs> I, I know her most from American Horror Story, <clears throat> um, which I don't watch anymore, but when it first came out, I think I was either in late high school, probably in late high school or early college, uh, and she was in... I think she came on in like season three of that show, which I think was the coven season. Anyways, so she's she was really good. She was actually one of the better parts about American Horror Story. And as the show went downward after like season <laughs> five, six and seven, it was like, man, if only they could bring back some of the characters and actors that were in the early seasons. And and she was one in particular mm-hmm. that I th- thought stood out as a great actress in the show. All, all that to say, um, you know, someone who is very well renowned and, and has a lot of name brand value. So. Uh, potentially coming to Star Wars in a movie slash TV show near you in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, if, if you have she, any favorite movies, she's in? yeah. Well, or, definitely yeah. waiting to exhale. This, this shows the age gap here between you and me right here. <laughs> um, waiting to exhale. Hostel got a groove back. So th- those are the when I hear Angela Bassett, that's who what I go to. Um, just strong, strong actor, uh, actress in those movies, and just a great. Seems like a great person overall, and she was also in the Black Panther movies as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, a more recent uh, movie that right. she's been in. So yeah, just just a great ca- character. Um, and if she does end up, I know this is just reportedly. Who knows where this goes? But if she ends up being, and for those who have read uh, A New Dawn, if she becomes mm-hmm. uh, Ray Sloan, the one of the uh, Empire's uh, admirals. Uh, I think she ends up actually being uh, a general or something even higher, but she she definitely would fit this role. It would be very cool. If you ever see any of the art for Ray Sloan, you can kind of picture a Angela Bassett in that role too. So if if that's if that's where we're going, that's where a lot of Twitter slash X X um, theories went right away was to a Ray Sloan uh, cameo. Yeah, I'd be all for that. I still need to pick up a. I think I. How did I say yeah. that? Maybe I have a copy of New Dawn. Yeah. I, I feel like because the I, cover is with Kanan and Hera, right? Correct. Yeah. Do you have a copy I of think, it, or do you have it on Audible, or? I might. I know I have it on Audible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I have a physical copy too. But anyways, I, I need to read that. Honestly. Yes, you do. You do. I guess some backstory on the character that that Angela Bassett could be portraying in the, in the near future. So, I think probably the most people. Yeah. I, most people would know her probably from her Black Panther role now in the mm-hmm. like if we're talking about like modern day roles. But um, I need to educate myself on some of her more classic roles that, that you mentioned. <laughs> I, that was very nice of you. Classic roles. I know what you mean by that. The, the old one. <laughs> I mean, that movies, those movies are, to be fair, like 20, 20 years old, 25 years yeah. old. So, yeah. Has she been I, around? Uh, she's been around a long time. She's a great actress. Yeah, but she's still killing it. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, hoping to see her in a Star Wars project very soon. Um, another cool piece of information that I believe just came out 
at the time of this recording, the morning of February 21st, I think is when this news broke. I think it was actually at a Nintendo Direct, potentially, where oh. this was first showcased. Um, for those that were playing video games uh, in the early 2000s, there was a great set of classic video games called Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, there are also more modern renditions of Battlefront and Battlefront 2 that came out within the last decade, certainly. I think Battlefront 2 is, what, like four or five years old now, maybe? Um, roughly, or something like that? Yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. But maybe, these maybe, are like... Maybe older. Maybe a little older, yeah. A little yeah. bit older. But these are like the precursors to those games. So they're mm. entirely different. They're actually third person. Uh, I guess you can play them in first person if you want to, but the, the classic way that everyone was introduced to these games was in third person. And uh, there are all kinds of, you know, game modes. There was this game mode called Assault, where it was like all the good guys versus all the bad guys. So there was like four Anakins and three Obi-Wans <laughs> oh, like really? running around facing like two General okay. Grievouses and five Darth Mauls and two Count Dooku's. It was just like chaos. It was awesome. Now, will this be uh, a multiplayer type of uh, yeah, game? multiplayer. So when this originally came out, I... I want to say, and this may have just been because I didn't have Xbox Live as a kid until I was probably like 13. So when I had, the, when I played this game, I was probably like 8 to 10 to 12 maybe. Um, but I did not have Xbox Live. So me and my neighbors always just played split screen. Yeah, You know, like that, the I mean, four that... little corners okay. of the TV where you're okay. all sitting like up real so close. So <laughs> where I was saying the, the, the divide between you and I as far as the age... That's right in my wheelhouse. The the split screen, yeah. Playing well, that what's when we were playing Halo. That's the same thing. We would have the 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 four the two by two split screen, and you're just kind of peek, you know, trying to squint your eyes to see where you're at and not look at your friend's screen. You're like, stop looking at my screen, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely there with you uh, there with you on that one. Yeah, and this actually comes out in less than a month. It comes out on uh, March 14th. Mm. For all platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Uh, and it's available both games as part of the Classic Collection for $35. So Wow, that's a good deal. I, I will definitely be playing this. <laughs> uh, do we? Is it, is it a hot hangout gaming uh, session? It might be. Do? Yeah. It might be. Check out the YouTube channel. We might <laughs> do a live stream next month sometime with this game. This is a fun fact. This is also... Um, th so during like the... I don't know late 90s to probably 2010 era was when there was a website. I don't know if you ever visited this website. There was actually two of them. There was cheatcodes.com and there mm -hmm. was gamewinners.com. I don't know if I did the second uh, one. And you would always go to one of these two or both websites when you wanted to figure out how to, you're just frustrated. You're like, I just need to beat it. And so you go to the website, it tells you what to do. And sometimes oh, it was okay. like actually a cheat code when they were like Easter eggs in games. To this day, the only cheat code I have memorized from any game I've ever played is from Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, perfect. Oh, I imagine could, if they still have it in the game. I could rattle off the D-pad cheat code for unlimited health to you right now. Is that If that's not a little bit sad, then I don't know what is. Go, let's hear it. It's up, 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 left, down, 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 left, up, 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 left, right. All right. There we go. Ben's cheat codes on the hot yep. hangout. In case anyone was wondering, I, I will be so floored if they actually kept that in the game. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. But nice. um, 
yeah, anyways, both these games coming to uh, all platforms on March 14th for $35. Be on the lookout for that. I- I'm super excited. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait. Um, and then we wanted to uh, move on to some a viewer comment from last week's episode. Uh, and then we do have a little one last surprise here in a few minutes before we get into our Bad Batch discussion. Uh, the, the viewer comment from Aunt Vesuvi says, Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Gibbo. I'm not sure why, but like Ben, I also have a feeling the entire gang will survive, even tech. It's a thought that keeps popping into my head. I cannot claim any clairvoyance, but I hope I'm correct this time. I'm I'm hoping you're correct too, Aunt Vesuvi. <laughs> I, I just have this weird feeling that tech is not gone, you know? I think he's going to pop up in maybe like the second or third to last episode and be like, tech, how did you, how did you and, make it? And he's going to have no glasses on that. that that's going to be mm. the, uh, that's going to be the thing. He's going to walk in like it's, it's going to be the, the silhouette from the smoke. And then he's going to walk through and going to have no glasses on. They're not going to recognize him. And then, and then they're going to see him. And yeah. Who's that guy with no glasses? Yeah. Oh, wait, it's tech. I, I I will say I am also a proponent of hopefully they all make it. Yeah. But I and maybe this is something we can talk about with our discussion today. I'm thinking I don't know about Crosshair, man. I think if there's yeah, someone who's I'm gonna thinking go, the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Um not too much of a spoiler, but I guess it's a little bit expected that all of them, with maybe with the exception of tech, if you believe he's actually dead, um, are still alive at the end of episode three of season three so that's worth something i guess but we asked this question as part of last week's episode um and typically we ask this on both the youtube community tab as well as over on twitter and i think this is the first time since we started doing this maybe eight or ten episodes ago that the responses between the two platforms are polar opposites yep uh this was interesting yeah i don't know what this i think this is a social experiment in group mentality i think people see the yeah. thing that's winning or no i guess because they don't know youtube get you can't see. see yeah youtube you can't yeah. see for sure and Maybe yeah it's just a, <clears throat> the yeah. selection of people on each of these platforms has very differing views in their star wars but um over on twitter on both platforms we asked will our remaining members of the crew survive through the last season of the bad batch uh the folks on twitter 70 percent said no they will not survive the folks on the youtube channel 72% said they will survive. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm saying is that's two more percent on YouTube, Joey. Does that mean <laughs> we're we're in favor of them surviving? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, I said last week, I don't think they're all surviving. So, you know, my vote for sure. But yeah, it's interesting that, you know, if it really is just the the collection of the people who continue to vote on the on each of these polls, that's just kind of where their brains go. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting based on the platform. That's kind of what we're seeing. And especially with this one where it is the exact opposite as far as, you know, who, we, you know, if they think they're going to survive or not. So, the, yeah, I, I, this was one of the more interesting questions. I thought I thought for sure everyone would be either yes or no. I wasn't sure about everyone else. If you haven't noticed, I like taking the. The, the the road less traveled when we whenever we answer these polls it's a, it makes for a more interesting you know conversation we can't always agree you know um but yeah so i was i was shocked i guess the people on twitter or x are, are are my people and the ones on youtube are yours <laughs> i want to see a like 
analysis of this social experiment. Do people on certain platforms tend to be more optimistic versus pe pessimistic? <laughs> right. Or like, how does that work, you know? Well, if it's Twitter, yeah, definitely pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we'll find out, I'm sure. And hopefully, what, less than three months time now, we'll know the answer to this question. And uh, will it be yes or no? Who knows? Having said that, we will also be posting another poll on the YouTube community tab and over on X uh, in the coming few days. So be on the lookout for both of those if you're interested uh, in answering and seeing that your, uh, your vote reflected in next week's episode of the podcast. And again, the special surprise we had before our discussion of the Bad Batch, we do have one last little thing. Uh, Joey has something pretty special he wanted to share. Yeah, a little little fun collecting collection uh, update for uh, for the episode today. Whenever I go to Target or anything, I always have to just look around and see what kind of Star Wars uh, toys and figures and ships and Legos and everything is. Um, I was very surprised to come across this one. I, ben, I think you're going to like this one. Um, so I was walking through the uh, the toy section and you know the end caps, right? Like at the the very end, they yeah. they always have you know you know specific types of things like a Star Wars section or a Barbie section or you know whatever the new movie show is out. So so of course I was walking by the Star Wars section and uh, this popped out. I mean I'm like I don't normally collect these, but when I saw this I'm like I'm gonna have to get this for sure. So here's a little a peek of what it is. It is a Hot Wheels of Ahsoka. <laughs> what? <laughs> what in the what in the crossover do yeah, we have right, here? <laughs> yeah. So you can see here for those who are watching on the uh the video version of the podcast, we have a little a tiny little Hot Wheels, I guess uh, Ahsoka in a little maroon turbo looking. I, I I don't know if that's supposed to be like her ship. I guess that's supposed to look like her ship now that I look at it. Um with the the red like the mer the deep red maroon looking color. Um, and yeah, she's she's just chilling in it right here. Pretty fun. I thought this was cool. They also have a Luke Skywalker and a Princess Leia um, wow. version of these as well. Uh, I I did just pick up the Ahsoka because I was like, yeah, this is this is a must have. So and I think the the art the art on the card's pretty cool. It actually matches very well with the uh, the figure inside the car. So yeah, little Ahsoka Mattel. Hot Wheels card, the crossover that nobody asked for, but I definitely paid six bucks for. <laughs> yeah, that is one of those things you see it in a store. You're like, I didn't know that existed, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, so it was a it was a, a fun little buy, and yeah, so if I get another one, maybe I'll 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 open it and then I'll play with it. <laughs> nice. I like to That's keep things in the boxes. That's one of those things. Like fifty years from now, people are gonna be like. There was a Ahsoka <laughs> and Hot Wheels crossover, right? And you're gonna be like, "Yes, yes, I have it." Speaking and of, have you seen yes. episode seventy of the Hot Hangout podcast? You know? <laughs> right? Yes, that thing could be worth like a couple thousand dollars in um, in yeah. twenty thirty years. You never. I'm know. betting. I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> nice, good pickup. I'll have to be on the lookout next time I stop in. <laughs> I was actually I was in Target yesterday. I should have ah, looked. See, always gotta yeah. look. Always gotta look. Yeah. It'd be funny if you brought it, section. you bought it too, and then like you would show, like, look what I got. I'm like, oh, I yeah. got it. We both had separate segments today, <laughs> like showcasing the exact same thing we didn't know the other person got too. That's That'd hilarious. be funny. Maybe uh, for the listeners on the uh, audio version, maybe we can post a photo on either X or Instagram or something like that of the 
of the race car with Ahsoka in it. So <laughs> if you're interested in checking it out, it, it'll be available probably on one of those two platforms. So, Well, the time has come. It is time to discuss the third season, the premiere of The Bad Batch. Um, this is a show, which, by the way, if you're watching or listening to this um, and you haven't checked out last week's episode of the podcast, um, that's a really good one to uh, watch or listen to as a preface to this week's episode, because in last week's episode, we did discuss kind of all things season one and season two of Bad Batch in preparation for this season's episodes, particularly when it comes to the characters uh, within the Bad Batch, the, the main core. Uh, and so just real briefly wanted to mention that in case you hadn't listened to it and you're like, ah, oh, that might be good. If you want to pause this episode, go listen to that one, come back and listen to this one. It'd be uh, maybe something cool you could do. Um, and so moving into season three premiere, um, we're probably just going to cover each of these episodes one at a time, touching on some of the more major things and points that happen throughout the episodes. I do want to pose to you uh, before we kind of go through each of these things that happened in the episodes, Joey, did you have anything major or overarching or theme wise, not necessarily something specific, uh, but, or perhaps just a general takeaway from watching the three episodes. I mean, the, the, they really needed all three of these episodes as a premiere. I think if, if yeah. it was just the one, like the first one, it would have been, as good as it was, it wasn't like it wasn't a banger, you know, and mm -hmm. th that'll speak a little, you know, that's a little bit of a spoiler of how I kind of felt about these three. You know, it wasn't maybe altogether as, you know, the, the three put together is a pretty solid, you know, hour and a half. But mm -hmm. if if I would have had one of these episodes for a week, I'd have been like, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. with the exception of the, the last one. Um, right the but yeah i think i think for the most part i would have I, i'm glad that they lumped these three together uh because of that i don't know if that's that was a decision they made because of you know the the story's kind of being so i don't know if fractured is the word but they're just so separate you know mm -hmm. and uh where where it's all all very important to the story i i i don't know if they carry well as far as a single episode so i'll i'll you know and i'll preface my entire thing by saying i hope the rest of the season isn't like that where you go through a, uh, an episode if it is 22 27 but again glad glad for the you know different times but you know if it's a shorter 22 ep uh, minute episode i'm gonna be like that was it you know I'm, I'm worried a little bit about that i'll be honest so um maybe yeah. not so far as the theme but as, as far as how they decided to release it this time around i, I think that's something that I, you know, something that I definitely notice right, right off the bat. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I think I was impressed with the order they released it in. Um, because I think watching, so episodes one and three go together, obviously two is, you know, the, the wrecker hunter side of things. Um, but I, I think the way, particularly the order in which they released it, may like i'm watching episode two and episode two comes on and, and i come to the realization i'm like ah, we're not gonna get to pick up where we were last and immediately i'm like dang it you know i wanted to just right. like no i wanted to continue with omega but it, i think it makes sense when you watch episode three which is why i resonate with what you said exactly that the the 
fact that all three of these were the premiere collectively is what made it work well. If it would have been just just one or just one and two even, it would have left you wanting a little bit more. And so three kind of, you know, one kind of introduced the main concept of the season and three concluded it nicely. And then two also showed us where the other part of the Bad Batch was in pursuit or headed. And I think they needed to do that before episode three Mm -hmm. to make it seem important to still pursue Omega because she was in captivity. Right. Um, kind of, We're kind of getting into some of the specifics now, but that was, you know, I, I thought the structure of it was done really well. Episodes one, two, and three, all collectively being the premiere, I thought was a really smart move. Um, and I, maybe I can just go ahead and say, and, and perhaps we can do this at the end if we want to as well, but I, I thought episode three was one of the best episodes of, um bad batch just in general i liked it a lot it was it was really well done ranking up there with probably like the crosshair episode from last season and uh and maybe even episode one of of the first season you mm -hmm. know some of some of the moments in that third episode were, were awesome so um i guess we can talk about more of the specific moments in depth as we go along but so just i guess to begin with episode one which was called confined very appropriately I think the entirety of this episode is spent um, on Mount Tantus or in Mount Tantus and, in, in, you know, what is Omega and Crosshair's captivity where their relationship kind of begins on, you know, or it continues from season two on somewhat of a sour note, like Crosshair, when Omega approaches him is like, kid, come on, like, right. we're not getting out of here. Like, we're doomed. This is where we're, you know, doomed to live the rest of our lives in captivity. Uh, and we also learn that blood samples are being taken from clones in this kind of weird block-like formation, yeah. which I thought was was very, I thought it was cool the way that was done. Did, did you like yeah. the way that they kind of visually represented the, the ticking time yeah, of the I think, blood vials? Well, yeah, I'd be interested in the science behind it, like why they have to do it that way, but... Um, Dramatic yeah, effect. Yeah, it was, the, uh, the, yeah, yeah there, there's a scientist out there like, you know what we could do? Is just like pour them all together, and it'd be like yeah. a lot more efficient, <laughs> and it would it would actually. And then the guy's like, actually, no, that's let's 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 let it you know simmer a little bit. Yeah, let it simmer. Yeah, let it simmer, and then we're just gonna have like a, a like a hand like a like so it's gonna take it like you know maybe like eighteen hours to get through the entire thing. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> the first one's like, uh, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. You know, so I, <laughs> yeah, that so um, but yeah, that that's definitely what it represents is time and how you know how long it takes you know and of course you know and little spoiler for the end of it but yeah of course omegas is like at the very <laughs> the end of the entire thing right well and not to jump around too much because i don't think we learned this until maybe episode three is it episode one or episode three where we learned that nala say has been throwing out all of omega's vials it was it was one it was early in one okay yeah. it was one so the fact because Omega, it, it, you know, there's a time lapse at a certain point in episode one. And we learn she's been in captivity for like four or five months or something like that. Like 120 something days or something. And my question is, how does Nala say get away for this five is, months this is getting rid I'm of saying. the blood vials? I mean, they they clearly, you know, in the, in the first shot that we had, um, it was like a, a scan of Omega's, like, you know... Uh, uh, blood sample and all this stuff, and she just deletes it every single day for the past five months. Right. Nobody's doing any audits. 
of this is like already you know, someone who they're suspicious of. <laughs> right? You know, there's nobody doing audits of like you know what that that little girl clone. I I haven't seen any of her blood. It's so weird. You know, <laughs> none of her stuff is coming through. That, that is very interesting. There, nobody. Yeah. Or maybe I maybe she was replacing it. But the way the show mm-hmm. talked about it, it made it seem like she was destroying. You know. Right. But yeah. I guess the the assumption I. Perhaps she was replacing the blood vials of Omega. I don't know. Um, but anyways, side tangent. Uh, Nalase destroys the blood sample from Omega because of something very important that we learn later on. Um, so throughout this episode, we also learn the Empire is seeking the reproduction of a genetic M count. Um, for those that don't know what an M count is, this is something that's been mentioned, I believe, in the Mandalorian in uh, several other moments, and M just refers to midichlorian, uh, and all the like original trilogy purists, I feel like when they were watching this show, were just like, how dare you bring midichlorians into this, you know? Because <laughs> I know they're kind of a, a hot topic with some crowds, but... Well, I mean, they call it M-count. They, they try to avoid it as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> yeah, they're like, without let's actually not say saying the it. word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you, you think that's that's probably oh, intentional yeah, that's now that I think about it. <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. the reason why they don't actually say they the it's like Voldemort around here. You don't you don't you don't yeah. say that word. Yeah, he must not be <laughs> M count is to Medichlorian as as uh as he must not be named is to Voldemort. <laughs> right. We should we should run that one by Ezra after he's watched Oh my gosh, yeah. Season of, or the first oh, he, couple episodes of Bad Batch. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a short ready ready to go for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing we learned in this this first episode is that Crosshair kind of dealing with this shaky hand. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure this is from... I don't know if it says this explicitly in the episode, but that he was being experimented on. Uh, I assume being, like, injected with midichlorians, potentially. And that his, maybe his body was, like, rejecting the midichlorians. So that's perhaps what the shake is. The M count, you mean? Um, uh, yes, the M count. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I will. I I will pledge to no longer say the word yeah. Betty Chlorian for the rest of this podcast. I'm probably going to slip up and say it. <laughs> just fair warning. But um, what did, what did you think about the fact that uh, maybe maybe let's focus on Crosshair for just a minute or two. Um, I think initially, I expected him to do exactly what he did in his response to Omega in that he was kind of just old crosshair like pessimistic um, <laughs> going back to the news section when we were talking about Twitter stuff uh, cro- crosshairs, crosshairs He's on Twitter user. <laughs> and um, crosshair yeah cross- crosshair has always been the pessimistic one of the bad batch you know Omega brings up the fact we're breaking out of here he's like it, we're not breaking out of here I did think it was interesting, how over the course of episodes one and three, you began to sort of see the old Crosshair reemerge. Uh, and maybe that's not even a good way of depicting it. Maybe we should just say, like, a new Crosshair. Mm. Uh, in a way, the way he behaved in episode three, not to jump ahead too much, was was almost an improvement of himself from season one of Bad Batch before he, um, you know, went to the Empire and whatnot. But did you have any general thoughts on crosshair I'll in be, episode one i'll be on oh, in, in episode well in episode or, or episodes one, one and three yeah, one and three one. i thought i didn't think he was going to make it out of one and three to be honest with you really i, th- I thought there there might have been a chance where 
he sacrifices himself to get Omega out, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of what my prediction was last week when we were talking about it. I would have been surprised that it would happen so early in the, and maybe not to necessarily for death, but just to get her out, like leave me behind one of those types of things, you know? So, um, and you know, and ultimately maybe just not make it at all, but yeah, it was the same thing. It was, it was nice to see the teamwork, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, when, when they actually did bust out of there. So I think that was, uh, her influence on him, right? Where it's like, this is, you know, you know, we can do this. We'll do this together. I'm not leaving you behind. And I just thought that was, that was very Omega of her. And it was very crosshair of him to not want to, you know, originally. So I, I, I think that it, it was good though. It was good that they both got out. I'm, I'm happy that they're out already. I guess that's another thing. I didn't yeah. want the, I didn't want half of the season to be done and they're still in this prison, you know. You didn't want to Andor pulled. I didn't. No, no, no. Please, no. Um, we have we've had enough slow burn. This is the last season of this show. Give us, you know, give us what we want here. So I'm I'm glad that they're out already. Yeah, I, I think I I would resonate with that as well. I'm excited to see the reunification. Um, only mm-hmm. for kind of. I want this season to be not just about the reunification between Crosshair and Omega and Hunter and Wrecker, and and maybe also you could include Rex and Echo in that as well, but more so just about a general like coming together and realization that we need to do something as the clones because right. we're being taken advantage of. Kind of like this clone uprising, so to speak. I really want to see that. Yeah. That, I mean, they are definitely heading towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also begs the question, and this is a question people have been asking since the beginning of season one of this show, is like, where are these guys during the original trilogy? Which might be the strongest case for the fact that none of them make it out. So, anyways, we'll see. It's a big universe, you know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. There might be some, like, you know, refugee camp on some outer rim you know, yeah. planet for all yeah. the clones, you know, it could happen. And, and, and not, you know, and I think, you know, we're going to jump a little bit to the episode two there, but, uh, the planet that they end up dropping off those kids uh, at. Pabu. Yeah. Pabu. Right. So, I mean, there's something like that could be around, you know? Yeah, that's true. They've been hanging out on Pabu this whole time during the original yeah. trilogy. Kind of the last point that I think is really important for the sake of the story that happens in episode one um, is this relationship that Omega has with one of the essentially they're like guard dogs? I think they're called lurkas, um, that are kept in this imperial facility uh, under the watch of this this guard droid. And you know she develops a relationship with one that's like a little bit standoffish initially by feeding him over time, and he grows to kind of care for Omega or she. I think I think it's I think her name. Well, Omega names her Batcher. I think she refers to her as she at one point in the episode. Um, which is also, I, I think, Batcher, this Lurka, this guard dog, is in a way sort of symbolic of um, kind of the Bad Batch, or maybe Omega even, in a way. Like, she sees it as kind of this outcast amongst the other mm. guard dog, these Lurkas, uh, and so intentionally reaches out to it, tries to befriend it for the sake of, you know, just because it's Omega and Omega is like super right. nice to everyone and loving and kind. 
and then ultimately it comes to fruition in episode three when well, I guess we'll talk about that later on. But there is a point of this, you know, befriending yeah. in this relationship that just isn't for the sake of it, uh, that comes back around in this in the third episode of the show. And so Oh, there was one other thing that I did think was super important. In this episode, you see Omega storing uh giving the lurk uh, uh batcher some of her food out of her lunch pail or something but in the hidden compartment under the lunch pail she keeps like collecting straw where she forms this doll which is i think a replica of one that she had on the marauder um and it, at one point in episode one it's confiscated by emery the doctor who's kind of in charge of her and who is also her sister just you know an older clone um and in a really important moment at the end of episode one, Emery gives her back the doll, sort of as like a, from the perspective of their relationship, it's like, you know, I understand you, but from the understanding of the viewer, it's like, oh, Emery is definitely going to betray the Empire at the end right. of the show. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I and, uh, wanted to touch one real quickly on Batcher. Mm -hmm. um, could they have had a better name? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a little bit. I mean, you know, you made a Too great on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made a great point that you know maybe that's you know symbolic of the the bad batch. But I mean, they they called it Batcher. You know, <laughs> like you know the, that was the first thing I, I I thought of when I saw it. I'm like, okay, and I don't rem. I, you know, I'm trying to remember if at all in this in this series or in the Clone Wars if they're actually called the Bad Batch. Do people actually call them the Bad Batch, or are they always Clone Force 99? I feel like the actual phrase Bad Batch was uttered at some point in Season okay, 1. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, most of the time they're just called Clone Force 99 or the Defective Ones or yeah, something, right, yeah. or you're part of 99 or something like that. I think yeah. the clones, the, the young clones in Episode 2 actually referred to them as... The Defectives. Like, the Defectives, Yeah. And then record says the most effective or something like that. Like yeah, little... defective and effective. Yeah, which by the way, <laughs> is that the first time that's been said? Because I feel that that should have been more. That's I easily so. a slogan. Yeah, I, I liked that tagline a lot. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Um, yeah, for that. So anyway, I wanted to mention Batcher, but with Emery, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's 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 a foreshadow for sure. You know, just like, you know, kind of setting up the whole Batcher thing. Like, you know, Omega was. The one that freed her well is the one that took care of her because they were going to terminate Batcher at one point. So, right. um, and that's kind well, of they were when going to terminate her because she had become so domesticated. domesticated. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by by, uh, and I think that's when that's when the whole breakout scene started. Right? Was that was that what it, was that what yeah. ended up happening? Yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah. we'll get to that. But um, but yeah, the 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 returning of that straw doll definitely. Is I what is that called an olive branch or whatever it is like mm -hmm. that? That is her saying, "Listen, I know I seem a certain way, but I'm not cold-hearted here." You know, what I mean? you know. Yeah. So I, I think there's there's something because up until that point, it was very much every day, same time. Here's what we're gonna do: take your blood, you do your chores, whatever. You know. Um, but by the end of it. It was something very different, so I think that was interesting. And more interesting was the the time that had passed between this episode. You know, we they marked it in the little scratchings on the wall that um that uh, Omega had, 
and just seeing that you're just like oh wow that's a long time like you know you don't you know you don't really think of it until you you they kind of visualize like that so i think they did a really good job at um showing that and then so showing the differences of where omega and even crosshair were at the beginning and then kind of at the end of this episode too yeah yeah i mean continuing it in episode three even um but i guess before we get to episode three we should probably talk about episode two um this one while it was displaced in the sense that it was completely a separate story from episodes one and uh three in the sense that it was you know talking about hunter and wrecker for the entirety of the episode it still found a way to not feel like a throwaway episode because it was still going towards the mission of finding omega and, and crosshair um and really a cool callback to i think is it season i think it was season one when they first meet roland durand mm-hmm. um of of the durand crime syndicate family i guess um who is the son of isa durand and there's this scene at the very beginning where uh isa durand is you know sitting atop her throne roland is right there as well roland is the oh i forget the name of his species i guess devorian yes a deva devaronian maybe devaronian yeah yeah something around those lines um he's he's the one that got his horn cut off by a member of the pike syndicate in season one and so the same pike syndicate member who cut his horn off comes before uh isa duran because wrecker and hunter bring this member of the pike syndicate in order to gain information uh because they have Mm -hmm. a lead a little bit unclear how they knew this information or how they acquired this member of the pike syndicate but they have a lead that the um that the that Issa Durand can point them in the right direction of finding the secret cloning base. And so all that to say, Issa Durand, really cool inclusion in this episode. And uh, and we get to see her say, you know, take the, the Pike prisoner away. And she gives the information to Wrecker and Hunter. What we later find out is the is that the information was outdated. Uh, so to summarize this episode, maybe in like five seconds, Issa gives outdated information outdated information leads to young clones they take young clones to different planet and also are led to the right sector that omegas is basically mm-hmm. what this episode is um, but along the way the cooler parts of the episode are the relationships with the three regs the young clones um, that hunter and wrecker run into on the planet where the old location of hemlock's lab was prior to its destruction um, these slither vines were really interesting, Joey. Uh, uh, what did what did you think about them? <laughs> they my my friend messaged me. He texted me after he watched this episode, and he said, "If this was a video game, this would be the hardest level <laughs> because, <laughs> because you constantly like just run into these things, and they could transform into large. I don't know, like they you can cut them off, and they become." like their own beings and they somehow stand on two yeah. feet or four feet at some point. Right. And then, but then there's like this mother one at, at in the bottom of it all. I'm not sure exactly how the, what, what the, uh, the biology like the Sarlacc is behind pit. it. That, that's exactly what I was thinking about when I saw it. I'm like, Oh, this is the Sarlacc pits like cousin or something like that. And yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I would imagine that's pretty scary. You know, the, even even seeing even watching it, you know, in animated form, like this is because it has all the teeth and all that. I think that's the, the scariest part, you know. Yeah. Um, seeing that even in animated form, I'm like, oh, this is this is a little scary, you know. So, it also reminded me of oh god, what were what were those? What were they transporting on 
uh, um, Force Awakens, when they first see Han and Chewie, they were transporting some very large, um, monstrous type of uh, species, just like that, with with the um, the long uh, tentacles and all that, and and the, all the teeth. Um, oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'll look it up. Though. Yeah, so yeah, so it, it definitely reminded me of that because of uh, uh, I mean, just kind of the monster type of uh, quality to it. So I think I think that's what they were going for. I think they nailed it. Um, but yeah, it was just a constant struggle against that particular species, that that plant monster, um, Sarlacc. Yeah, there it is, right there. <laughs> this the uh, explosion of the uh, Sarlacc cousin. That was right on cue. Nice. <laughs> Rathtar, by the way, Rathar, is, the, is the thing that they were transporting in The Force Awakens. Yeah, there, there are people that are watching this episode. They're like, there's Rathtar, come on! <laughs> to be fair, I, I think I've only seen The Force Awakens like four times okay. total. So, might need to... Might yeah, well, need maybe, to we, maybe, we do a, maybe we do a trivia specifically on uh, Force Awakens, <laughs> so we're forced to watch it more, more often. Sequel trilogy alien species <laughs> is the topic for this trivia. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the lab location is destroyed. They've now moved to Mount Tantus. Obviously Wrecker and Hunter don't know this. They meet these young clones who are very skeptical of like accepting help from anyone after they were betrayed by the clone, the older clones they knew back on Camino. We actually get a chance to see these three clones along with a lot of other, uh, young regs back on Camino in season one, uh, before the destruction of the planet. And so their names are Mox. Stack and Deke. Uh, understandably, they're pretty reluctant to accept help from anyone that's a clone after what's happened to them. So it kind of takes a little bit for them to, you know, accept the fact that Hunter and Wrecker are searching for another clone. They're not the bad guys and that they are willing to help them. That takes kind of a good portion of the episode to get to that point. Uh, but eventually, Hunter and Wrecker go into the ruins with one of them, Deke. And this is when the Slither Vine action happens. I feel like the Slither Vines is like almost half this episode. Oh, it yeah, felt like absolutely. one long action scene of them just trying to avoid getting eaten by this monstrosity of an, of an animal. Yeah, and apparently it could take down entire ships as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all you got to do is drop a bunch of explosives and thermal <laughs> detonators down the mouth of the big mama one, and boom, then you win. Right. When in doubt, use a thermal detonator. I'll tell you what though the one thing that I was I I kind of wish it went this way but it didn't was you know how the, when they discovered it was Helmlock's lab was you know deserted and it was destroyed and yeah. all that stuff I was kind of hoping that this was like way after episode 3 right I, I like they were actually on the in the right area but they actually um were there just way too late. So like I was oh, hoping I was hoping I it was a, was a Mount Tantus, is that what it's called? Um, yeah, yeah. I was hoping that they were actually going to be there at the right place, but they but but the time is actually way off. Episode 1, like 2 and 3 are just time. are just completely way off. So I, when when I saw that I'm like is that are we in the right place? You know, am I in the right time area because that would have been I thought that would have been a really cool way to tell the story, like because the way that um, Hunter was saying, 
you know, it's just been so long and we, we need to find her. Remember when, uh, cause Echo and Rex were going to meet them, but it was going to take two rotations. And then Hunter's yeah, like, no, we got we got to go yeah. now. She's been waiting way too long. Now, five months or whatever it is, is a long time, but they were making it seem like it was like long, like years, years long, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was, I was like, oh, are, are we actually where they were in episode one, but just way after it? And that was kind of what I was hoping, but I don't think that is what it is. I think that, you know, we, we end up, because, you know, they, I think at the end of it, they, they discover like they're in the right sector, like you said. One of my, one of my favorite twists in movies and TV is when you realize the story is being told non-chronologically right i think it, it adds such an like surprise interesting element when when you initially said episode three i was like it does take place after revenge of the sith what do you mean <laughs> and then I, I realized you meant like episode three of the bad batch right yeah yeah like that would be interesting for it to have taken place i like, should i should write these things you should <laughs> disney I mean, call, call yeah, them yeah. up yeah that's i mean that's essentially the the culmination of the second episode um I don't, I imagine we'll probably see these clones at some point again in uh, season three, but from the conversation they had with Wrecker and Hunter, they are going to be dropped off on Pabu, the planet that we spent, I think, two episodes on mm-hmm. uh, during the end of season two, I believe it was. I think that's Fee's home planet. Isn't that right? I think that's right. Yeah. I think those were the two episodes that immediately preceded uh, the demise of tech mm-hmm. or, or, Perhaps not demise of tech. Yeah, the uh, the presumed <laughs> demise. Yes, there is a really great quote um, at the end of this episode. Before we move on to episode three discussion, that Hunter says in reference to his, you know, talking to the other three young clones, and says, "You make your own path, something other than a soldier." Yeah. So, I think Hunter realizes that there's more to life than just being a soldier. Yeah, especially with uh, Omega in his life now. Yeah, I think all of the Bad Batch realize that. Even even Crosshair on some level. So, um, yeah, episode two. We move into episode three. We jump right back into where we left left off with episode one, and we quickly learn that there is a special guest visiting Mount Tantus. Uh, when you heard this, was there any inclination no. that you knew who it was like because my immediate thought was like oh i think it's gonna be the emperor oh i knew right away yeah it was definitely the emperor yeah. i mean especially because they showed him in the um in the trailer really? there so yeah. maybe if they didn't i would have been like hmm, i wonder who it could be or you know so uh with it ended up being yeah that, that totally makes sense yeah yeah the emperor's coming in to check on good old project necromancer which largely has been kind of over mentioned briefly in different periods of of uh, Star Wars, uh, you know Star Wars productions that we saw. I think a reference to Project Necromancer in season three of The Mandalorian when there's that little, mm. you know, hollow circle of people talking. Uh, when Gideon is talking to that group of people who are part of the, oh, I guess that would be what the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the group of people that that that. Anyways, those group of people that he's talking to, that one of them mentions Project Necromancer, and I think that's in effort to try to tie it in to the somehow Palpatine is returned thing in Rise in uh, Rise of Skywalker. I-, I have more thoughts on that. Maybe I'll save it for mm. after we've talked about Episode Three. But uh, Palpatine is there to check in on Project Necromancer. 
Uh, Hemlock welcomes him, but before uh, he arrives, Nalase warns Omega after she learns of the Emperor's impending arrival that Omega needs to get out ASAP by and then uh, in the process of doing that, healing Nalase's data pad will enable enable her to help escape. Uh, and so Hemlock then welcomes Palpatine as he arrives. Super cool scene, by the way. I loved seeing the guards behind Palpatine yeah, that was as well. Cool. Yeah. That gave yeah. the, uh, Return of the Jedi vibes for sure. Oh, yeah. He walked out, and I was like, dang, I feel like I'm watching uh, Episode 6 right now. So um, that was a pretty cool moment uh, for Episode 3. And ultimately, Omega does go back to Crosshair. Crosshair this time is like, Omega, like I've told you. And it seems like he's a little bit more, you know, like, all right, I I'm going to do this, I guess, but I'm going to do yeah. it reluctantly sort of thing. But Omega uh, tells Crosshair to distract these two clone guards and the clone commandos. He distracts them. Omega opens his door. He, they, both, they stun both the clone commandos, and they make it out. However, not easily, <laughs> I will yeah. say. Uh, the, the, the part of the episode, by the way, where it's happening happening simultaneously to this is when Hemlock is showing Palpatine the uh, cloning room, mm -hmm. which we can kind of assume these are. We don't actually get to see what the clones right. look like, but we can kind of assume that these are Palpatine clones, right? Uh, and I I was wishing so desperately that they would just pan the camera and be like, just show us what it looks like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, and and the way that this is. I think meant to tie in to the sequel trilogy. Um, and I actually didn't know this until I guess there's a, um, there is a novelized version of the rise of Skywalker that has more information about the happenings of the film where apparently I haven't read the book. This is just from, you know, uh, stuff I've read and videos I've watched. Apparently, the father of Rey was one of these Palpatine clones. Oh, okay. That was a quote-unquote defective, non-M-count uh, Palpatine clone who then had Rey, which I don't really know exactly how that works if then Rey is, like, super Force-sensitive and her father wasn't, True. but I'm not yeah, going to yeah, yeah. ask questions. Uh... <laughs> Sabine, Sabine uh, Ren. Well, we'll just go back to that. Yeah, yeah, Sabine Wren. So anyways, the stuff with Palpatine I just think is really cool. I don't think it's going to really go somewhere with finality in Season 3 right. because I think it's more so meant to tie into other Star Wars stuff like the sequel trilogy and even Mandalorian stuff kind of that we saw with Gideon and his production factory and mention of Project Necromancer in that show. So kind of going back to... Crosshair and Omega, um, his hand is continuing to get worse. And as part of their escape, they do come face to face with Emery. She's like, you know, you got to go back to your cell. Crosshair is like, all right, we're, we're not doing this. And he just stuns her. <laughs> he stuns her, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I still think Emery's going to come back around in the end of this show and be the one that mm -hmm. helps them in the end. I, I think there's a decent chance that Emery is the one who might actually do away with uh, Dr. Hemlock. Oh, okay. I feel like that would be a little bit of poetic justice. Maybe, maybe Nala say and Emery together. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Um. So that yeah. Shortly after Palpatine's departure, Hemlock is then informed that Crosshair and Omega have escaped 
uh, on the ship, which I think he told Omega about, uh, was in the jungle, but mm -hmm. was not functional or partially partially functional, uh, if I remember correctly. And so then, upon awakening from being stunned, Emery relays the information uh, about Omega to Hemlock because. Uh, well, I guess not the information about Omega's blood yet, because that's not until after they've pursued them, and it's not until later in the episode that once Emery realizes that uh, that Omega's blood has this incredibly high uh, equivalent M count to what the Emperor's cloned M count should be, uh, is when she's like, Stop! You can't like shoot down yeah. the ship that they've escaped in because if you kill her, then we'll we won't have the blood sample. So you know, Hemlock is forced to let them go because uh, he needs to keep Omega alive if he wants to fulfill this promise to the Emperor that he's kept. Who, by the way, has promised him full support. Uh, yes, in terms of financial resources, we can assume. So where that leads into the future of the season, I think that's. Probably where we're gonna see some bounty hunters come into this show. Yeah, maybe Asajj Ventress. Who mm -hmm. knows? I think we're probably gonna see a lot of obviously pursuit of Omega from this point on in the show. Um, I I think that's probably where we're gonna get the the Asajj inclusion. Yeah. But I guess that remains to be seen. Maybe some uh, some Fennec Shand, mm -hmm. perhaps. Who knows? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I would. I would love to see just a full. Well, we know. We know Cad Bane's going to be there, right? So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Cad Bane. Probably my favorite bounty hunter personally. Um. So we've kind of covered most of the discussion of episode three. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on before? Just a couple last few questions that are more overarching as it relates to the themes and kind of biggest takeaways from from the first three episodes. Yeah, it was kind of hard not talking about episode three while we were talking about episode one because they they were yeah. you know they were pretty much one episode all together. But you know, as you know, as we already said, you know the the developments of of Crosshair kind of throughout. You kind of you know we think that was an important piece that not only did Crosshair need Omega to get out, but you know other way around as well. You know, so I think. They needed to be together as far as in order to get out. Um, the M count stuff with Omega is interesting. You know, we, we, I think you and I had talked about this maybe offline. Uh, mm -hmm. the possibilities of, of Omega maybe being force sensitive or something yep. to that effect. And that's kind of where we're headed now. You know, that's, that's, that's where, um, you know, with this M count, this unknown M count, the first time we've ever heard this term ever in Star Wars. Uh, now that we know that it's it's elevated in her blood, we know that there's a world of you know. This is we've seen this before. We've seen this path. You know, what does that mean for Omega? You know, will we see Omega with a lightsaber by the end of the season? I don't know. You know, so I, the 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 possibilities now you know open up a, a ton for her. And where something like the Bad Batch never really f focused on things like the Force, you know, never, right. you know, there was something that's very in the background, you know, it's there, it is in the Star Wars universe, much like something like an Andor, that's just something you don't talk about too much in there, where now that they're now at the last season of the Bad Batch, they're, they're bringing it in, they're introducing it in, and, and like they, they're doing it well. You know they're doing it because they want to incorporate the whole Palpatine 
clone type of you know storyline and here's a great spot to do it you know so i think i think this is already already in these first three episodes has kind of set up a pretty good season you know because maybe at the top of the show we were talking about how maybe each episode by themselves weren't like super strong or super uh, i guess outside of the third one but um you know, each episode maybe, if it was on its own in a week, it might not have been great. But this entire story for the over the three episodes, I think, it was, was really smart the way they did it, and got us excited to see exactly what's going to happen. You know, li- you know, lining us up for bounty hunters to come in, lining lining up lining us up for the uh, reunion of the Bad Batch. So, I, I and I'm glad, like I said, that by the end of episode three, they already have broken out of of the uh, prison so uh lined up for whatever's going to come up and now we have this whole m count thing you know so there is just a ton of things that are they are getting us ready for the foreshadowing emery we got to figure out what you know whose side she's on and there's just going to be a lot of a lot of stories that are going to be told in the next couple months here on the bad batch yeah yeah i just i want to know more about omega like I know people have speculated she's force sensitive this entire show, even before we learned this. Um, like, can you have an incredibly high midichlorian count and not be force sensitive? Right, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a question I would pose. Is I don't, I don't know of any other time that that would be the case with someone else. But yeah, and and, and was she? I mean, because obviously, uh, Nala say knew, she knew that. You know, and because I, you know, I'm I'm assuming she was the one that was in charge of Omega, you know, this entire time. So she knows, she knows that that it was successful. However, they cloned her, or however, whatever they did with Omega, they did it what right. the Emperor wanted. So that's kind of crazy to to know that you know that that this is Omega. She is the one. Maybe she's the chosen one. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy. Those those sneaky Cameron Owens, they knew what they were doing this whole time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the cloning Palpatine stuff, this is the other question I wanted to pose to you. Do you feel like, because Bad Batch came out for the first time almost three years ago now. Season one came yeah. out on May the 4th, 2021. Do you feel like Bad Batch is an effort to cast a better light on the cloning stuff in the sequels, especially episode nine? Or do you feel like this is just something that was spawned out of mm-hmm. just because they wanted to do it over time? Because I, I feel like in a way it's really hard to disconnect this show, at least having seen the first three episodes of season three, from some of the sequel trilogy stuff. Do you, do you think there is intentionality behind that? Like it was planned way in advance? Or do you think this is something that just like well we have the opportunity because they're clones to kind of discuss cloning stuff so maybe we'll connect it to episode nine what do you feel like the the vision was for all of that i think i think there was some planning behind this i I mean maybe they didn't think that this particular show would be because i mean this is probably as far as anything in in visual form in the movie or tv show this is definitely the 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 First time you really see it going well, I guess with Mandalorian too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but over the past couple of years, that this is kind of that's what they were aiming towards. Now, if I can remember correctly, I think in the books, you know, leading up to 
uh, Force Awakens, the Aftermath books, which take place after uh, Return of the Jedi. And even with, uh, I think the Battlefront 2, not the one that we were talking about earlier, but the one that um, had released somewhat recently, uh, there was there was talk about cloning, you know, Emperor and all that stuff. So I think, I think they had the foundation kind of ready for a while, um, even before, you know, the sequel trilogy was out. So I think they had the foundation ready. Um, I think when they, when they decided to release the Bad Batch, they were like, actually, this is, the, you know, kind of what to your, to what you were saying, here's a good opportunity. You know, obviously we've, they've developed clones the Kaminoans, so they know what they're doing. And, um, it makes sense if that's where the end game is, the end game being, um, and the emperor has returned. <laughs> I think the I think the uh, they they see this opportunity. Say you know what? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump in on this. And this is how we're gonna tell this story. And this is so. I think I think the story was set. I think they had an idea of what you know where w- how it was gonna get there. Uh, but then when they released this this series, they're like, here it is. Here's how we're gonna do it. You know, and not only with the Bad Batch, but I mean. With the Mandalorian, like kind of like what I said earlier, and as well with the, the Bad Batch, kind of has its 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 talons in a lot of different areas too. So, mm-hmm. um, this is like the 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 middle web, you know, of a lot of different um, a lot of different stories within Star Wars. So, I I think you know I think over time they were you know they they wanted to have a foundation for it and they had it with the books the comic books the video games but now finally visually they're going to do it uh over the past you know starting with mandalorian going in the bad batch maybe even more with you know mandalorian grogu maybe even more with you know anything else that happens during that time between return of the jedi and force awakens um who knows you know what 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 comes out of the next couple of uh series of star wars yeah yeah, Bad Batch definitely feels like one of the well more well planned Star Wars uh, IPs that they've had in the last decade or so. I think there's been a lot of thought that's gone into this, and I think there's a lot of t- intentionality behind it. And so I I would agree in that regard. Um, as it relates to kind of as you mentioned them having their talents in sort of all different parts of Star Wars, I think that's what makes the Bad Batch fun. Is that it's like oh, there's a Rebels reference. Oh, there's a Clone Wars right. reference. Oh, there's a Mandalorian reference. Oh, there's a Rise of Skywalker reference. Like, I think that's what makes this show cool is that it, while it is not necessarily as integral to the overall story of Star Wars as a lot of other shows might be, it it, it just uh, is so pervasive in all in lots of different pieces of what makes Star Wars Star Wars, which is I think you know you can see bits of the Bad Batch in almost anything. Right in, in any show, I should say. And so. by the way, Asajj is coming back. So, <laughs> yeah, Asajj will be here. Maybe, maybe next week. Who knows? Probably in you know uh, less than in the next month. Hopefully, I would, I would, uh, I would think perhaps. So, oh, the other thing I was kind of a joke of a question, but I was going to bring it up anyways. <laughs> um, is Snoke just a failed Palpatine clone? <laughs> Who yeah. says no? Yep. <laughs> yep, I think I think we we nailed it. We got it. Who is Snoke? Snoke confirmed. I can't tell you how many hours I spent watching YouTube videos in 2015 after coming home from The Force Awakens and thinking, "Who is this guy? It's Darth Plagueis." Well, sliced uh, up we... sliced up in last <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, we might have some Snoke. If this, I don't, I don't necessarily want Snoke answers from season three of Bad Batch. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> but if we get them, I'm not gonna be mad, yeah, especially yeah. if they're like well thought out and you know not complete, just like you know whatever answers. Like if it's a well thought out explanation to Snoke, I'll be like, cool, I'm good with that. Have now, you ever, there's a Kylo Ren comic. Have you ever read in the Kylo Ren comics? No, huh? There is a little bit of Snoke in there, like early Snoke. I want to really? say it wasn't hair that he had, but he had some type of something on his head that looks super silly. You'll have to look it up. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll look into that. I'll, I'll report back in episode 71, see... Uh... Yeah. What I thought about. Oh wait, wait. oh wait, Snow. we have uh, don't we have the Marvel uh, Unlimited uh, subscription? That's true. Hashtag not an ad. Not not an ad at all. But we wouldn't <laughs> mind if it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any other concluding thoughts <laughs> on Bad Batch season three before we head to our question of the week this week? No, I think we said it all already. I mean, the you know the 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 combination of the three episodes definitely needed to happen. Uh, although there was a little bit of you know, separation between one and three and then two, but it was needed because you want to know where everyone's at, of course. Right. So yeah, again, glad that I'm glad that they broke out of the prison. I'm glad that the uh, Hunter and Wrecker are on their way. Uh, let's just get them together. Ready? Let's get, let's get the crew back together. This is what we've been wanting for all the last season. Uh, RIP tech or, or not. Maybe we, we see them very soon. Hopefully. Uh, so I, I think this is a good start to the season. Not next week's episode, but the following week's episode is titled The Return. Oh, so right. maybe that's returning to one another. What are we returning to? Who knows? <laughs> exactly. So they'll be back together sooner than later, I would think. But um, our, our question we would like to pose for this week's episode is simply, did you like the Bad Batch premiere? Uh, season, or excuse me, episodes one, two, and three of season three of the bad batch what did you think about it let us know your thoughts down in the comments of the video version of the podcast or on any of the socials uh, or via email you can send us your thoughts there if you please as well uh, and on next week's episode we're going to be covering episode four of season three of the bad batch scheduled to release on february 28th that episode is titled a different approach so uh coming out in under a week's time we'll be back next week for episode 71 of the Hoth Hangout podcast covering that one. Uh, all things Bad Batch episode four of season three. Uh, and potentially a reaction to episode four as well next week. Be on the lookout for that. Um, Joey, any last thoughts before we outro this thing? Or no. I guess we can, uh, yeah, go go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, <clears throat> y'all got to watch Bad Batch. Y'all got to watch Rebels and Clone Wars and <laughs> It's so good. It Star Wars is so good, and I'm happy we're back watching it. Me too. It's fun to be back in an era of new Star Wars content continually coming out week to week. It feels very, very exciting. Uh, just a quick little look ahead to the next couple weeks of Bad Batch. You've got Episode 4 on the 28th of February, Episode 5 on the 6th of March, and then that double episode week on March 13th. So be on the lookout for Episode 6 and 7, both coming in just about four weeks time from now so lots to be excited for lots of new bad batch content super pumped to see how it all plays out in the rest of the season as a reminder you can check out the hot hangout podcast anywhere you get your podcasts including 
Spotify and Apple, and you can leave a five-star review on either of those platforms. The video version of the podcast is available on YouTube. Check us out over there. I thank you to the 382 of you who are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, and if you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel for Hoth Hangout, definitely check us out over there and uh, subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. You can find us via email at hothhangout at gmail.com. If you have any Star Wars-related thoughts you'd like to send to us, we'd love to showcase them here on the podcast, especially if they're Bad Batch thoughts, especially during this time. Uh, additionally, the Hoth Hangout podcast is findable on the socials, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or X. We're findable at Hoth Hangout on each of those. And as a reminder, uh, be on the lookout in the next week or two for a community Hoth Hangout Discord channel coming very, very soon with more information to come in episode 71 of the Hoth Hangout podcast next week. And a special thank you to Gibbo for producing today's show, video, assets, and for being able to fight <laughs> fight off Slither Vines all by himself. <laughs> He's a strong man. He's a strong man right there. Strong man. Strong man. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a fun one today. Super pumped all that remains with the rest of season three of the bad bad shout out to george lucas shout out to dave baloney shout out to rika and hunter and Tech and crosshair and echo and rex and omega and all the other australian accent characters in this show uh, we, we appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the hot hangout podcast Tune in next week when we'll be talking about episode four of season three of The Bad Batch. We look forward to as listening or to having you all listen then very, very much. Thanks for listening to this one. And may the force be with you.